podcast where we talk to smart people, but not necessarily done by smart people? That is an awesome question. This one goes down probably on one of my top five. Hey, I like nutrition. I like to eat food. This is the coolest thing ever. We're going to do this forever. I wish I paid more attention in that class. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't understand that. As a man, I just, I don't get it. Welcome to Welcome smartpeoplepodcast.com. Welcome to Smart People Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm John. And this is Tucker. Tucker is here. Uh, are you going to edit his whining out of this episode? I don't know. It depends if he's whining over somebody or if he's by itself. He's probably whining over this great episode we have for you today, guys. It's interesting. John and I have been talking. This episode was very conversational. It was laid back. It didn't follow the standard format. And it was cool. I mean, it's fun to do that. We talked to some entrepreneurs today. And I think at the root of it, that's exactly what they are. I mean, they were so excited about their product. We clearly like it. And it's for charitable causes and donations. And we'll dive into it. But I just felt like as we talked about it, it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was one of those times that I actually felt like we sat down, poured a couple beers, and then we're just like, hey, what are you guys doing right now? What do you got going on? Tell us about your project. I don't know if it'd be beer. I think I'd feel like tea tonight. I don't know. It's just... Okay, then. Yeah. Today on the podcast, we talked to Kyle Robertson and Peter Webster. They are the founders of iCare, which you can check them out at iCareCause.com. And I don't know, John, since you're the tech guy, why don't you impart a little knowledge on what this is? Obviously, they do so in the episode, but we'll give you a preview. Oh, yeah, they'll give us a great explanation of it. But in short, it is a way to fund charities and other causes out there and get people to pool money quickly and give it directly to the cause. Yeah, I mean, it's, th- through it's an app. Through an app. It utilizes social networks and that trust that you build with people. You see your friend donated $10 or donated whatever amount it was. Maybe it's not listed. And you go, oh, Chris is donating to the Arlington Humane Society. That's awesome. I'm going to do the same thing. I love animals. And, you know, it just gets exposure of causes that are out there. And it it increases, I guess, the number of people that are actually going to donate some money to that. Yeah. And it was a fantastic thing for me specifically to talk to these guys. You know, I figure I'll let the listening world out there know. But I recently changed jobs and kind of took that that jump off the cliff, if you will, that we talk about in this episode. And I went to work for a, a startup a nonprofit organization. You can check us out at ushfc.org. Shameless plug. It's not even shameless, man. I this know. is good stuff. Yeah. We're going to change the world. I agree. And You know I agree. Yeah. And the founder, Lawrence Williams, he's really succeeded in the past thing. So I'm following him into, uh, into this thing. Yeah. And, and, and that being said, because Chris did leave his job, there's two ways. Wait, I didn't leave. I mean, I did, but I started a yeah, new Yeah, but one. you started a new okay. job. Okay. You just never know how things are going to go and stuff. So, true. so people people can help out. They can donate at smartpeoplepodcast.com mm-hmm. and they can click the Amazon banner at the top of the page. I was going to get to Amazon. Yeah, I know you were, but I thought it would be better if I said, hey, help my buddy out instead of you panhandling on I our work, podcast. Because I work for a nonprofit? Yes. No, I feel good about it. I, I do. I wake up in the morning for the first time and I'm like, let's do this, man. And that's it's awesome. pretty cool. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, you know, I'll talk to you guys about it for the next uh, year. So, but as John mentioned, use our Amazon thing. You know, you're doing your holiday purchases. December is the month that literally keeps us in business or helps us buy our new soundboard, whatever it might be. So we appreciate that. 
and you guys tuning in, sharing us on Twitter. Somebody recently today shared us. It was awesome. We saw the kind of the effect that happens there and it just makes what we do worth it. So I think that's enough from us. We're going to turn it over to Kyle and Peter and you guys can feel that entrepreneurial spirit uh, when we talk to them about eye care. kind of interesting you bring that up about kind of the dynamic between both of you guys. I think Kyle and I kind of had a similar, I think we have a similar dynamic in the sense that he's the more technologically inclined or the tech savvy person on the team while I came to more of a marketing and sales background. And I think that's been a huge, huge strength for us because we both lived in Boston and were friends in Boston. Uh, and at that time, he was an attorney for Wilmer Hale and also was a computer engineer while I came from financial sales and marketing. And, you know, it's funny how I, I actually moved down here for a promotion at John Hancock and, and then uh, probably about a year ago, you know, we started talking on the phone and he said he was up to this crazy idea of, uh, creating a new way for people to be able to support charity and be able to donate in in a in a way that's much more user friendly and much more fun. Just kind of, it, it made a lot of sense to me right off the bat. There was something about it that I just slowly became more and more obsessed over to the point where the beginning of the summer I, I threw in the towel at John Hancock and just said, you know what, this is. I'm either going to get fired from John Hancock for not paying enough attention to it, or <laughs> <laughs> something's going to happen. So I decided to. I'd saved up a little bit of money and decided to join Kyle to get this idea going forward of, of uh, you know, really making a difference in the way people can interact with charity but do it on their terms. And uh, coincidentally, I think that the world of philanthropy has, we didn't even realize how much of an opportunity it was that was just sitting there that's out there right now. I mean, it's, if you look at the nonprofit sector right now, the United States alone actually donates over $360 billion, billion with a B, dollars per year to nonprofits. So the United States, by far and away, is the most philanthropic country in the world. But the interesting thing about it is that only about 8 to 10% is actually done electronically right now. So so you start to see a lot of nonprofit organizations, you know, a lot of people to make donations online. And then Tech to Donate was really the first. So when Katrina happened, that was really the first major event where people were able to process donations from a mobile phone, which was, you know, you guys probably saw it because they did the same thing for San, uh, the Red Cross did the same campaign for Hurricane Sandy, where people could, you know, make a $10 donation by typing in a, a short code which is, you know, like five, five something, and, and a huge amount of money was raised. I mean, for uh, Hurricane Katrina, I think they raised $38.4 million in the first month. To just kind of show you how quickly that's even grown and become more. And at the same time, in this perfect storm, 96% of the U.S. population has a wireless subscription, and right now over 50% of that is smartphones. So, you know, that's not going to go away anytime soon. But with Hurricane Sandy, Red Cross raised over $100 million in the first week to text to donate, and primarily through $10 donations. So there's there's this huge movement that's taking in place where people, everyday people, not your million millionaire philanthropist that you know goes in with a tuxedo and writes out a big fat check, but just everyday regular people are very willing to support something when you make it convenient for them and you make it easy to do. Now, the downside of that, and I think we're... Kyle had this great idea that, that I think what we really hope I care will become 
the downside of the text donating model is that people don't realize that it takes on average between 90 to 120 days for the donations to actually get to the Red Cross and then more importantly to get to that disaster or whatever it is, the, the actual, you know, put that money to the use, whether it's food or supplies, if it's an earthquake, whatever, whatever it is that what the, the actual cause is, there's a huge delay that takes place. And I think Anderson Cooper is an example of a, a reporter that's done several specials on that. So you have this delay that takes place. I think a lot of people, they want to make a difference very quickly. And then when they, they knew how long it took for the money to actually get to them, to the, to the destination, I think it would be a bit alarming. And the other thing is the fees that are involved. The, the phone carriers you know, take substantial fees. The actual donor is charged. Uh, first time you do a text to donate donation, you're actually charged somewhere between 5 and $10. And you don't see it until you get your phone bill. So, you know, the purpose of me bringing that up is not to, you know, to bash text to donate because that's a, a lot of that, a, a, a lot of innovation that I think we've come up with stems from seeing that that can be a successful model from the phone. But there is this alarming issue with the delays and the fees that are associated with it. And, and we thought that there, you know, was this opportunity. Well, what if you can make a donation from your phone that's just as convenient but you also knew that that money was going to get to the donation. So that you, you could get the highest percentage to the charity, but you could get it there immediately. So not 60, 90, 120 days, but you could get it there within minutes. It's really efficiency on all fronts, right? From the timing right. to the amount that gets through, it's just there's a big inefficiency in the way that that's all done right now, largely because it's built upon the cellular system, which wasn't intended to do this. So we built something from the ground up that avoided all those bottlenecks and delays. And it's impressive, too, because, you know, you guys really have come at this at the time when people are starting to to trust giving small, too large amounts of money to, to random people. I mean, you look at all the crowdsourcing and crowdfunding things that are going on out there, and people are just funding project after project and getting things done. So you're absolutely right. People want to be able to give money directly to a project or a charity or whatever it may be. So I think you guys are right at the perfect timing of this. And if I could interject, I, you guys sent over in the email a quote that I love. You said, for the first time in history, it's easier to get one million people to donate a dollar than it is to get one person to donate a million dollars. And Crazy, right? It's that better be your slogan, your vision, <laughs> mission, everything <laughs> statement. I mean, it's That's fantastic. All That's all cheap. Yeah, I love it. That's what's inspired me. I think, you know, I, I remember as a kid, I mean, in our house, we always had, we were the, the family that had the junk drawer filled with change. And then we always had like tons of quarters and stuff in, in the cushions of the couches. And I, and I do remember like being a kid and thinking, man, what if every single person out there could, could put all this money together and, and, you know, somehow get it together and put it to a single cause. And, you know, and I don't want that to sound corny because, you know, I'm not just making that up. I do, I do remember thinking that. And, and I really think that eye care allows that. I know it will. And it's to empower that person that can only have, maybe they just have a dollar or maybe they just have that small amount of money that's left over after paying their expenses or whatever. But if they, if they could actually, if you can make them feel empowered and know that, you know, even that $1 contribution has a, you know, can have a huge impact and they can share what they're doing with other people through Facebook, Twitter, and all these kinds of great social mechanisms that we have now it's, it's incredible to see and, and, you, and you do see that you're right you're bringing up crowdsource funding is becoming extremely popular i think the risk that, that's kind of taking place with like an indiegogo.com or some of the other you know crowd you see you know kickstarter in the news and there's a lot of great things they're doing but 
there's also the downside that it's going to get misused, right? There's the sure. risk of people saying they're going to raise money for one thing, and then they end up going to Costa Rica on a vacation. So that was a huge thing that we wanted to, to incorporate to what we do is that, you know, if you really want to look at what's required, if you're going to do this kind of funding, well, how do you actually make sure that somebody's contribution is going to go to where, where it was intended or where they thought it was going to go? So one of the things we did is we partnered with a organization called Charity Navigator, and they are one of the leading in the United States, one of the leading, I don't want to say watchdog, but, you know, like a vetting company that they, their whole mission is to help educate donors on what, if you look under the hood of any nonprofit that's out there, you know, how much are the leaders being paid? How much of every donate, of every dollar that's raised is spent on basic day-to-day costs? So really, they, they do a tremendous job of educating everyday people on, there's 1.5 million nonprofits in the country, so they're not all good. There's some bad ones out there. So we've kind of drawn a line in the sand and said that everybody, every organization that we will, that you can raise on behalf of, they have to either be verified by Charity Navigator, and they do it on a four-star rating program. It's one to four stars. And so we say they have to have either a three or four-star rating from Charity Navigator. The other organization that we've partnered with is GuideStar, and we theirs is either you know the certified or not certified, but any organization that has money raised or that's supported on our platform has to be verified by one of those two third-party vetting organizations. So that's, I think that's a big differentiator for us is that is knowing that the organizations that are out there that people are raising money for when we launch, they can trust that they have been you know, verified. Sure. No, no, it, it definitely does. And actually, it's funny. I just started four days ago working for a brand new nonprofit organization. So it's oh, an congrats. interesting. Yeah, thanks. I I, uh, I was working at Living Social doing sales and marketing. And, you know, I just started following this group and the, the founder and I like the cause. It's, you know, we're, we're certifying restaurants based on healthy food offering and sustainable business models. So it's just interesting. Oh, cool. It really, yeah, it really resonates. And I understand needing, uh, like you said, that third party. Basically, we will be a third party vetting system, if you will. Exactly. For, for restaurants. So I totally see where you're coming from on that. And raising money in general is, is a difficulty. And if you guys can make that process easier and more accessible, I love the concept. And I, you know, I love what you're doing. I was going to say, that's really what it is, right? It's a, it's a trust and verification issue and a coordination issue, too. How do you if everybody wants to give a dollar, how do you contact and aggregate all those people who want to give a dollar? And then on the flip side, how do they know that that dollar is going to do what they say? And it requires services like what you're doing to provide that trust. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, recently I went and saw the founder of the charity Water. He spoke and I know that they were doing some fundraising and that was one of his concerns and what he was trying to mitigate was people are really concerned with where their money goes these days when it is going to these charities. So, you know, that's what I care can provide. And I was wondering how you guys plan on utilizing social media. I know from the video we watched, that's going to be a big part of your, your business. So what's the plans for that going forward? Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll and just, and I'll answer that. I was going to say that, you know, you brought up charity water. That is, I would say if there's a model of an organization out there that has really kind of hit the nail on the head with how to convey a message to people that visit their website. They do a great job because they not only, you know, 100% of money that they receive actually goes to the cause. They actually are funded purely through 
um, for their operational expenses. They're funded through, you know, different corporate sponsors. But they show you the cool thing about what they do, and we actually provide the same kind of tool on our platform, is you can see on a map, if you want to start a fundraiser, they actually, let's say it's for a well or something in, in Africa that could, you know, bring clean water to a village. They will actually show you on the map, using Google Maps, a satellite image of where these projects are taking place. So I think they really found that key ingredient, which is people want to know if they make a donation to your organization, that it's not just being spent, and then that's it. They, they can actually show you tangible places of where these projects are taking place. So wanted to point out that's actually an organization that will be on our platform um, that we're going to be working with. So Oh, that's fantastic. Um, but so, so social media is, is by far and away one of the most important ingredients in eye care. And it, it's, you know, you know I, I personally, I'm not even a huge fan of like Facebook in a sense. I don't spend time on it. Or I think that half the stuff I see on there, I'm like, okay, I don't even want a Facebook account because you see people writing stuff out, you know, I'm getting my nails done and then <laughs> I'm going out to dinner and it's like, okay, come on. But I think we have a model that fits perfectly into what social media allows people to do. So let's say if I make a donation using ICA, let's say I just make a $5 donation to a to charity water, for example. We give everybody the ability to post that philanthropy right on their Facebook wall. And once they make a donation, to have it automatically posted if they want to. And the cool thing about that is, we don't show the dollar amount that somebody contributes, but it just lets somebody actually become the center of influence. So uh, by me just posting that, there's actually there was actually a study that was done by a professor at Harvard that was doing a lot of research on how effective is you know sharing with Facebook, and just by simply posting, by, by me as a person or somebody posting a donation or for, you know something they're doing. There's a 27% increase in in the total amount that's raised on a fundraiser. So, you know, just by other people seeing that I did that, they might not even know about that about Charity Water yet, but they know me as a person. And so there's there's that much more of an increase in people clicking on it and being able to support it themselves. So that's a huge part of our model is bringing in Facebook, Twitter. Uh, there's some other great ones out there like Pinterest and. We've integrated them into our platform in a way that you don't have to. For example, if I start a fundraiser with iCare and I share it with, let's say I've got 300 friends on Facebook, there's a huge extended network. And every time somebody that supports my fundraiser, they can automatically have it shared with their entire social network. So there's, uh, I think if you look at the numbers, if you have 100 friends on Facebook, your extended network is 30,000 people. So we really wanted to capture that viral spreading impact um, that can take place. And they simply just have to, if I post something on Facebook, they just have to click on a link and they're taken right to that fundraising page. Um, they don't have to actually go download the iCare application in the store. They can, they can go right to that page. And that's one of the key uh, strengths of iCare is combining that web interface with the application in the store. I have, a, I have something interesting to add, too, with that. So, you know, nonprofits and to a larger extent, most businesses in the U.S., they want to learn how to to use social media effectively as this advertising tool, but that's not the core business, of especially nonprofits, let alone, you know, other sorts of industries that don't do social media as their core business. And so one thing that iCare does, it takes that out of their hands so they don't have to worry about how they manage it so much anymore. It makes the whole thing automated to the degree that they, you know, if they're on the iCare platform, they know that they are going to have and their supporters are going to have access to the Twitter and Facebook feeds and, and posting abilities that, that they're trying to create on their own. 
But what that really gives us, that, that really builds this bridge between the donor and the nonprofit, is when you use, say, text to donate or just a, a donate button on a website, for example, I donate to, say, Charity Water, but then Charity Water doesn't know who I am. They have to come find me again next year to get me to give five more dollars. Well, with iCare, once you donate or volunteer or even just post to Facebook uh, one of these causes or nonprofits you're interested in, it keeps it in a list of things that I'm interested in. And so not only can I stay up to date on, one, the progress of that fundraiser or two, maybe what Charity Water is doing, you know, just this month overall, but Charity Water, then, if they are doing another fundraiser that I might be interested in, they can use a Twitter hashtag or something that they've used that I donated to before and simply say, hey, we're doing it again. If you're interested, come check us out. And that way, they really don't duplicate their efforts of finding the same donors twice. It makes those, uh, those recruitment dollars go a lot further for them. You mentioned, you know, my fundraiser. Can a individual actually start something? Like if somebody wants to start something within their community and they want to raise money for A, B, and C, can they do that through the platform or do they have to be one of those recognized charities or organizations that have been verified? Any person that downloads iCare can start a fundraiser on behalf of a, of a registered and approved nonprofit. So, for example, say that I wanted to raise some money for the Austin Humane Society. I really care about animals, and they need some improvements. So I, what I can do, basically, is I take a picture with Instagram where I can record a video, and then I answer a couple questions like, which nonprofit am I raising money for? And each is the Austin Humane Society. How much am I trying to do? Tell us a little bit about it. You know, very simple stuff. And then what I care does is it automates the social media so that it's, le- it's leveraged automatically on your behalf. You can text message if you want, email, um, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of that stuff, and it will alert your friends, hey, I'm trying to raise some money to, to help this cause. And they're provided with a very easy way to contribute whatever amount they feel comfortable with. And that money goes directly to the nonprofit. And then you, the nonprofit takes care of, say, in this example, fixing the kennels or whatever. That's awesome. And one of the reasons I think that's so awesome is something that I've noticed with this, I guess, younger generation that's right below me, that's coming through high school and college and that kind of stuff, is I see how interactive and involved they get when they can actually do something for the cause. The other day I watched a video that was shot by some kids at high school on bullying and then they started this whole anti-bullying campaign because of it and it took off because it was student directed, acted, all that kind of stuff and they were the ones that really put everything into it and um, you know like the teachers at the school were noticing that this cause was being taken more seriously because of their involvement and allowing people to do that and actually come up with the fundraising on their own and then donate that to the nonprofit. I mean, you guys got me excited about this. This is really cool. <laughs> I really <laughs> like the, it. You hit the nail on the head, though. It's, it's the whole buy-in aspect, or in technical terms, perhaps, it's user-generated content. But, yeah. what, but what that really means is, you know, if someone tells me, hey, come raise money for a cause I care about, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that because I care about the cause or it's my friend or whatever. But when I can do it myself or my group of friends can do it themselves, that's, that's the kind of buy-in and dedication and engagement levels that you don't get from a third party forcing that on you. It can only grow like organically from yourself. And that's something that we really try to harness because um, that's that personal contact that gets people engaged in what they do. 
this is a little backwards from the way we, we normally do it. But as I mentioned earlier on, we like to understand the entrepreneurial spirit and the drive that started this all. And you gave us a little background about how you were both doing your own thing. The idea came up and it was kind of a, you know, let's do it and, and see what happens. And I wanted to first ask, what what kind of made you pull the trigger? I mean, I'm sure, Peter, you could have stayed in the financial services industry and probably made pretty good money and just kept going. But, you know, there was that choice you made to take a risk, uh, do something that you believed in. What was the thought process there and how did you finally say, I'm going to do it? That is a big change, right? You, you go through college, you, you do it, you work, you, you think you've got things pretty, pretty, pretty planned out for your life and you try not to... Uh, there was something about this specifically that just I couldn't, I literally could not think about anything else. And I don't have 20 years of working as, as nonprofits or fundraising, and I don't have that resume that you might expect someone to that's doing this to have. I think that was really what one of the key strengths. I think if I was just, if I'm just a regular person that had a background in financial services, and if I, if I can be so motivated and just so completely obsessed over this, then I bet there's a lot of other people out there that would, would feel the same way. So I don't, I, I don't know. I, I really don't have a good answer. I just felt extremely confident. From, I, I didn't have any doubts or anything. I just knew that, look, it's just because we still haven't launched, right? We submitted to the Apple store and we will be launching very shortly, which is pretty exciting, but there's no 100% guarantee that, that it's going to work. And I've always known that, but I, I just feel like if we don't do it right, somebody's going to do this right. There, there's not a question that what we, what this model is all about, someone is going to do this. And I just felt like we absolutely have the ability to do it. What I was trying to say in the beginning about us having kind of a different background and him being technically inclined is like, it was so cool for me to just say, hey, I think I've got a really cool idea. Do you think we can put this in there, into the app? And him being able to say, okay, let me get to work on that. And 24 hours later, after him programming for, you know, a couple of days, like, boom, now we've got fundraising built into it. You know what I mean? So it was like this really cool dynamic of, and just this pure confidence that, you know what, we're going to make this work no matter what. And it's been pretty challenging, but. That makes a lot of sense for me. I think it was much closer to just pure insanity. <laughs> uh, like, so my, my like quick version of that, I was, I was a computer engineer and math major in undergrad. And I actually, I worked as an engineer, software developer for a while and, and decided that that wasn't for me. And I went to uh, Boston college for law school and went there and graduated. And I was actually a intellectual property attorney. So I, I did like the Apple Samsung lawsuit that when you just saw and all the time that I'm doing that, I'm, I'm just thinking about this eye care thing, which when you start at these law firms, they kind of they kind of haze you a little bit. And so I'm on this 30-story building in downtown Boston, and someone had to take a piece of paper and go office to office and collect the pledges for the charity drive. Hmm. And I was the lucky guy who drew that card. <laughs> so I, yeah, and you know, the whole law thing, it operates on this billable hour concept. So if you're not working, you're not getting credit. So I spent three days walking around, getting, you know, like not getting any credit for work, uh, <laughs> taking all these things by hand. And all I could think about was there's got to be a simpler way to do this, you know, because people do that all over. If I'm raising money for a race, if I'm going door to door, you know, it's, it's this problem of coordination. Someone had to go out there by hand. It's very labor intensive and time consuming. And that, that little nugget of that idea just kind of gnawed at me for months and months and months. I actually came up with this over a year ago. Um, and then, you know, Thanksgiving of last year, I just decided to myself, you know, what do I really want to do? You know, you get one life, you get one shot at it. I always, I always 
thought that it would be great to do something more than help large corporations shuffle money back and forth, maybe <laughs> contribute to humanity a little bit. So uh, I got, I just, you know, built up the courage and sold my house and told my law firm that uh, I had to do something else and then set out to start programming it and fortunately uh, found Peter, who was more than willing to, he's been instrumental in doing all of this. Like this is more than one person could do by themselves. Absolutely. And it's been an evolution the whole, the whole time through, but you know, the momentum, you start with that little spark and it grows into this fire and it just builds and builds and builds. And fortunately uh, it's all been positive and in the, in the right direction. So that brings us to where we are today. I love that answer, especially starting this nonprofit. We are in a, what they call an incubator in this lab space or this office space that houses 50 small you know, entrepreneurs and whatnot. And I saw a quote the other day that said, entrepreneurs are those people that create something and provide jobs to the rest of you know, society. It said, these people don't necessarily want to make a lot of money. They don't want to work their entire life, but they feel like it's something they have to do and it's the only thing worth doing. And that kind of, you know, summarizes what you were saying in terms of you have to have confidence, you have to be excited about it, and then you have to believe somebody's going to do it. It comes down to execution. And so you have to believe in yourself in that, you know, and it's, it's just a really good summation of what you guys are doing. And at the end of the day, right, you just have to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, you just got to step off that ledge and, and hope that there's something below you. And I, and I really believe if you work hard enough and you think about what you're doing, you know, you can make that work. Yeah, I mean, it, it resonates with a lot of people. I think it, it's something that anybody can get behind because if you, if you were to look at our team, right now we've got eight people uh, on our team and, you know, about half of them are still, you know, they're still working part-time and, and they're doing it pretty much pro bono for free with the assumption that once we get going and funded and everything that it will be um, worth it. But they're not doing it for anything more than just absolutely 100% believing that this is like a, a need, that this is really a calling that everybody can benefit from. So I think that really means a lot to Kyle and I to know that we've got people that are just willing to contribute significant hours every day to do that and make this work. So, But don't get us wrong. It's ridiculously rewarding. <laughs> I mean, if there's, a, if there's a selfish aspect to it, I've never been more at peace with the world. And, and it's just so, you know, being able to actually like talk to these organizations and see the need and, and especially like today we talked to a group that helped a specific set of veterans and, you know, you just hear the plight that these people are talking about. And it's just like, wow, I, you know, that's an, a need for people who are underserved with things they need. And it's like, wow, we can really do something to help them. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I was going to say getting up in the morning and wanting to go to work and wanting to spend time on something certainly means the world. Right. You know? It, it, it's it's definitely prices. It's something priceless. that John yeah. doesn't understand. When yeah, no, it's it's funny because I, I hearing you talk about that, I think you guys are pushing me closer to that to that ledge, yeah, to, to that cliff. Well, guys, I think that about wraps it up for us. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk about eye care. When do you see this coming out? When does this get implemented? When can people look towards eye care to fund their next charity and make some donations? We're in the uh, in the beta rollout stage right now, um, testing it with our pilot partners and things like that. And with it at the store uh, and waiting on Apple, we're going to be looking to come out before Christmas and still in the probably, you know, we'll stay in that whole beta period for, you know, a little while until 
we feel the system's like we've tested it obviously, but just to make sure it's like rock, rock solid. Sure. But um, people should be able to download it, you know, by the first of the year for sure. And where can they find yeah. you on the web and then Twitter and other social networks? You guys, I'm sure, have a pretty good presence out there. So it's www.icarecause.com. And if you go to the website, we have our video up that explains uh, the band of Monsters and Men, which, by the way, is they just Amazon just named them the best album of 2012. So you'll probably recognize the song in the video. They're actually um, going to be doing some fundraising on our on our platform, which is pretty cool. But awesome. that's our website. You can sign up, follow us on Twitter, and um, check out our Facebook page. And you can submit your email address so that as soon as we actually are in the store and live, we'll, we'll send a notification to anybody that goes to it that we're in there to check it out. And we, we really want feedback from everyone. This is for, you know, everybody that that just wants a better way to be connected with, you know, making a difference in the world. So the most important thing that we can get is feedback from people. If they like it, if they don't like it, what would they want to change? We'll be sure to put some links up on our website and everything. And again, you know, we appreciate you guys being on. We're looking forward to see iCare coming out in the future. Awesome. Thank you both so much, Chris and John. I really appreciate it. All right. No problem. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Another Smart People podcast episode in the can. Yep, coming, going. Another one. How long did you think we would be doing this when we started almost exactly two years ago? Literally never crossed my mind. Man, I figured... Did you think we were even going to get it started? I fi- Yes, I figured 50 friends would listen and make fun of us. And probably I'd quit like most things that I do. I'm glad you didn't. And the reason is because you guys, honestly, listening and giving us your feedback... It makes it worth sitting in our studio, which is approximately 47 degrees right now. My feet are freezing. It is kind of cold in here right now. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you know you picked up a little of that encouragement, that enthusiasm over doing what you want to do, taking that dive, something we talk about all the time. Yeah, so guys, be on the lookout for the iCare app in the App Store. Check on their website, you know, sign up if you want to get newsletters from them to find out, you know, when they're actually going to go live, when you can start submitting money and all that kind of cool stuff. Make sure you follow us, Smart People Pod, on Twitter. We're over on Facebook. We've got our website, smartpeoplepodcast.com. Seriously, head over to iTunes, rate us, leave a comment, that kind of cool stuff. It helps us immensely with moving up the iTunes charts when you guys do those things. If somebody asked me one thing that I wanted for Christmas, it would be 1,000 reviews. Boom. All five stars. Bring it to us, Santa Thanks, Claus guys. style. See you guys next week. Tucker, do you want to lick the microphone? Why does he like everything?